This is the Six Clicks Podcast. Risk management, governance, compliance and cybersecurity news and opinion from the industry's best. Hello guys, Stephen here from Six Clicks TV and this is being simulcast on the Six Clicks Podcast as well. A very special chat today. The areas of risk management and cybersecurity have often been incorrectly treated as non-overlapping domains. Uh, among the many things that uh, COVID-19 has exposed is that organisations need to address that immediately. Uh, so here to throw some ideas around the table are our guests, Denny Wan, Principal Consultant at Security Express and the Fair Institute Sydney Chapter Chair, as well as Fergus Brooks, Director at the Cyber Advisory Service and Andrew Robinson, Head of Six Clicks cybersecurity. Uh, Denny, if we can start with you first up, please, if you wouldn't mind uh, setting the scene for us. Uh, COVID-19 has resulted in some mandated working from home practices, which has uh, introduced the topic of unquantified cyber risk. Can you expand on that for us, please? Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to speak. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think the speed of the enforcement of the work from home policy mandated by the Australian government has caught many companies off guard and unprepared. Now, most experts in the IT security industry where we work in do agree that COVID-19 has in fact created massive waves of phishing email campaigns, uh, particularly targeting work from home workers. For example, the Australian Cyber Security Centre, ACSC, reported recently a massive increase in phishing email, um, some of which are masquerading banks, government agencies, and uh, particularly health authorities. In response, the ACSC had uh, offered a helping hand by issuing a cyber security guideline for work from home, which uh, everyone can download from the ACSC website. In the recommendation, they suggest uh, uh, people to use VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network, and enabling multi-factor authentication. But unfortunately, in the rush to deploy and enforce work from home policy, many companies simply were not in a position to equip everyone with company laptops, which you needed to run a VPN, or even if they have a machine, the VPN gateways simply don't have the capacity. And most certainly, uh, most companies struggle with setting up so many multi-factor authentication tokens. It's not a, a, a trivial, a simple process. Now, because of these gaps, there are really unquantified business liability. This has, in fact, put many ex executives in a difficult position to, on one hand, needing to maintain business operation uh, while ensuring uh, their security uh, sufficiency. Now, this could, in fact, expose many companies uh, to significant liabilities and financial loss. For example, um, if a company suffers financial loss because uh, some of the staff, staff is stolen, while using the home computer are not sufficiently secured, their some insurance or business insurance policy might not cover for those laws. So this is something exactly the thing really hard about. Uh, Andrew, you recently uh, authored a three article series, one of the main threads being the importance of folding ISMS into risk and compliance. Can you enlarge upon that for us? Yes, I can, Stephen. And, and Denny started touching on it there. And, 
Um, we, we talked about how risk can sometimes be disconnected from um, you know, the, the, the real goings on within a business, but also that information security and indeed IT folk um, and practices can be somewhat disconnected from enterprise risk and, and, and the business. And I think that's when the disconnection creeps in and, and can lead to the exploitation of, of those uh, vulnerabilities and weaknesses for, for sure. Um, so we definitely uh, try to address that uh, with the, the Six Clicks uh, platform, that's for sure, and help make sure that um, you know, risk is driven by the right business context and that technical practices are guided by you know, your risk appetite and, and risk treatment. Make sure everything's in sync and everyone's speaking uh, the right language. So for sure, if you want to read uh, more about my views on that, check out those articles. And uh, Fergus, you and I have had a chat on Six Clicks TV recently around cyber insurance. It was a little scary for me. Uh, companies looking at cyber insurance right now can feel like a total labyrinth that may seem like it's geared against them. What's uh, the very first thing that they should be doing when implementing a cyber insurance policy? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. And um, it really resonated with me what Andrew said about, uh, you know, the world of, uh, of IT, IT risk and IT risk management and enterprise risk management and how they can merge together and what I've seen from insurance is that it's one of those uh, it's one of those clear areas where the insurance program is is owned by the risk management team and uh, often uh, confusing for for people who work in IT security but I guess the key place to start is to have a look at the risks that the business faces uh, so that you can then understand what sort of insurance that you need. So cyber insurance has been around for a while now uh, and very much the cyber insurance policies can be tailored to suit individual companies uh, and other organisations as to what is in their cyber risk register. So I always recommend that organisations build out a cyber risk register, have a look at their risks, not just, say, the risk of vulnerabilities uh, in their systems, but also the, look at the people risk. Look at policies and procedures, refer to your governance risk and compliance frameworks if you have them. If not, look to align with, with those kind of things and also uh, build out a risk register that um, has your risks in it. And then once you've got the risk register and you've got your mitigation strategies in place, you can put them in front of the insurers, uh, put it in front of your broker there by putting it in front of the insurers and saying, here's what we would like covered. Uh, these are the things we think can happen. This is what we want covered. Uh, can you please give me a policy that will do so? And uh, you can definitely make sure that, um, you know, should you have an incident that you can be sure that your uh, cyber insurance policy will step in. So I think folding what you've just covered there, Fergus, along with some risk and compliance and maybe information security software to effectively complete the rest of your armour or, or the artillery as best as you can, your best foot forward before you all go back to work in uh, this uh, whatever the new normal is post uh, COVID-19 and run yourself a nice little detox will be vitally important. So I think we should definitely cover that. Six clicks, global risk management, compliance and ISMS capability software. Sixclicks.io. Denny, the FAIR framework, you've mentioned before uh, that investment in cybersecurity should be prioritised based on potential reduction in financial loss. Uh, so take us through the headlines of that quantification service. Yes, great. Thank you, uh, Stephen, for inviting me back to uh, part two to have a chat. Now, and I completely agree with you. You're absolutely right. From talking to my clients and also to my business network, uh, there's clearly uh, increasing expectation and demands 
from business executives to justify investment in cybersecurity to be prioritized on financial metrics such as return on investment, uh, which is ROI in most people's term. Now, the focus there is to explain uh, obviously security that's not is not a revenue generator, but how can those investments help to reduce the potential uh, reduction in financial loss? Now, this is a particularly important uh, challenge nowadays uh, under the tight budgetary environment as we emerge from the COVID-19 uh, economic lockdown. Um, yes, so third of all, uh, bring up uh, FAIR. Um, for the, the audience who is not familiar with FAIR, is a global and mature standard for cyber risk communication published by the Open Group since 2009. The standard provides a structured and transparent process to calculate potential reduction in financial loss across a range of cybersecurity investment options, such as data loss prevention, ELP, anti-efficient email controls, and endpoint protection, just to name a few of these control options. I want to just uh, be very proud to um, we are affiliated uh, with the Fair Momentum. As you mentioned, I am the founder and chair of the senior chapter of the Fair Institute. Fair is endorsed by the National Institute of Standards, we usually call it, refer to as NIST, and uh, being included in the NIST Informative Reference Catalog as the only recognized cyber risk communication framework. In fact, the Sense Institute has also named FAIR, and together with NIST, RMF, Risk Management Framework, OCTAF, and TARA, in the CISO, Mind Map, and Vulnerability Management Maturity Model. My role as a chair of the senior chapter of the FAIR Institute is to raise awareness and adoption of the communication approach. Through my consulting practice, Secure Express, I provide training and consultancy on applying the FAIR framework to build business challenges. I help organizations to transform the cybersecurity culture by creating common cyber risk business language across organizations. That's brilliant. Thank you, Danny. The cybersecurity culture, that's uh, something that uh, all of us are sort of living and breathing every day. So that's excellent to hear. Andrew, um, I know that uh, recently you authored a three article series you mentioned uh, in the last episode about folding uh, an ISMS into risk and compliance to sort of areas that haven't been speaking to each other that well, but uh, can be so closely aligned and really flesh the entire uh, picture out. Can you tell us what you think that means for our future how, and what it means for a, a future specifically in stronger cybersecurity? Sure. Uh, for Steve, for Steve, that, uh, what I'm uh, thinking there is that um, is really that management systems uh, are, are, the, are the key. Uh, Denny was talking about FAIR and the, and the methodology that it pre presents for quantifying risk, and that's uh, really useful. When, we, when I talk about uh, ISMS and, and management systems, 
uh, we're, we're talking about a, a, a bit of a, a slightly broader process that includes identification uh, of assets and assessing risk and, and also uh, putting uh, more media on the, the bones when it comes to controls and policies and responsibilities. And then absolutely critical to that is, is measuring performance on an ongoing basis. And I, I think all, all of that leads uh, to to better quantification over time, and in the six clicks uh, platform uh, that we're we're working towards more and more quantification of all of the different dimensions of cybersecurity and risk management. And the whole purpose of that is to to help guide better decision making and make sure that, as Denny outlined, we're investing in the right security controls and and getting a value for money. Um, and that uh, leads nicely into uh, insurance and, and making sure that we've we've got the right cover and we uh, we can claim on it. But I'll let Fergus talk more about that next. So it uh, seems that continuous compliance is something that um, is at our hearts as well, not just in the uh, world of cybersecurity and uh, ISMS, but also within insurance. Fergus, when it comes to that, you've seen it all when it comes to cyber insurance, uh, that same attitude of continuous compliance can be applied to it, uh, can it not? What do you what do you think some of the pitfalls uh, policyholders should be on the lookout for? Yeah, and thanks, Stephen. I, I wouldn't say I've seen it all. I've said I've seen it a, a bit of the start of, uh, of a very interesting area of insurance. And certainly cyber insurance is a uh, is relatively new in the insurance industry. And, uh, and as such, some of the pitfalls come with that. Uh, it's good to take into account that cyber risk by itself uh, is is has been always very difficult to quantify. Uh, you know, Danny mentioned people risk before. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than simply if you're looking at, say, uh, insurance for a property, it's quite easy to say, well, the property is worth this much. So this is how much it's going to cost us to replace it. So that's how much insurance we need. Cyber is, is far more complex than that. It's also a very fast moving target because we're adopting new technologies every, every day. If you have a look at the adoption of Zoom, the ramifications of that, um, then um, you can see that uh, all of a sudden we're using brand new technologies and often we move into the technologies faster than we, faster than we secure them. So these are challenges and hence why the insurance is a fast moving target. Uh, but in terms of continuous improvement, so if you, for example, purchased a cyber insurance policy today, in a year's time, you'd want to know that you were still covered for all of all of the things that have changed in your cyber landscape over that period of time. So in the same way that you look at continuous improvement and frameworks for continuous improvement, it's also you it's also important that you're tracking the changes evolving your risk register to make sure that come a year's time when you want to revisit your insurance policy, you're saying, well, in that time we've implemented, say, encryption or we've become ISO compliant or Danny's helped us with the with the fair risk quantification, we have a better idea of how much insurance we need, uh, then that information can be fed back to your broker and your insurer so that you can uh, have a look at whether or not your your insurance solution is still fit for purpose. Beautiful. Guys, thank you very much for uh, helping me out with this. Andrew Robinson, Head of uh, Cybersecurity for Six Clicks, Fergus Brooks, and Denny Wan, our Brains Trust. I feel smarter uh, for it. I'm just fearing that something else important that I should be remembering has now been pushed out after today's <laughs> chats, but most appreciated. Uh, we can't wait to get you back next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for checking in to the Six Clicks podcast. Get in touch with us anytime at sixclicks.io or find us on your favourite socials.